Hey, I'm Claire. And I'm Janice. And this is The X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. We are breakup coaches here to help you beat your breakup, heal your broken heart, and move on to an amazing, abundant life. Welcome to another episode of X-Files, everyone. Happy Tuesday. Happy May. Happy day. Happy Monday, <laughs> even. Happy, yes. Happy, <laughs> so, yeah, we're recording this on Monday, so happy Monday, Claire. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> but when oh, people listen, so it's going to be Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. <laughs> no, it's perfectly fine. I think it's going to be funny. <laughs> As podcasters who are putting out a lot of content, sometimes it is hard to keep the days straight. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, what reality are we in? What reality are you in? My reality is my Google Calendar. Yeah. Which is probably my, yeah, my companion, my partner. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know what I would do without her. Yes. Um, So thanks everyone for being here. What was that? Coach Calendar. Coach Calendar. Mm. You know, we should talk more about Google Calendar sometimes sometime yes I use that for my self-care um yeah but we're not here to talk about scheduling and google calendars and (laughs) self-care we're here to talk about orgasms and faking them them. before we get started or not faking them or not having them Mm -hmm. yeah everything we're talking orgasm today and just wanting to remind everyone if you want to talk about the episodes or if you just want a little extra support our facebook group is ramping up so you know people are interacting and doing a lot over there so come and join us breakups broken hearts and moving on we'd love to have you please answer the membership questions i will not let you in if you do not Yes. I'm very strict about that. So it's fair. They're, they're easy peasy. They're just making sure that you actually listen to the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. I, I I know sometimes I click on a group and then decide not to join because I don't want to answer the questions, but we still get the request. If you click to join. Uh We just get a a request that ghosted us which is fine. We don't take that personally. No, we no, no. I just feel if bad. You if... wanted to be in it. Yeah. You know? That's what I wonder. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I do feel bad, but I, like, uh, you know, committed to the group to, you know, keep it a safe yeah. place. So please answer the questions. Exactly. So, All right. And this is a safe place to talk about faking orgasms, it. <laughs> faking it. Yeah. I'm excited for this. Yeah, exactly. Me too. This was definitely, I think this was on our list from the very beginning of topics we wanted to cover. Yes, and I remember we had a moment, maybe during a happy hour or something, where we're like, we should do an episode on it. And it was in the really early days. Mm -hmm. And I was racking my brain trying to figure out what had led us to the idea originally. Because I know it was kind of in the moment that something came up. It might have even been the Emma Pleasure episode. I, yeah, I think it might have come up like as we were prepping even for Emma. Yeah, which was early, early. Yeah, because, you know, relationships uh, include usually a significant um, increase in sex than you would have with just a friendship, possibly. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. We want to talk about this because, (laughs) you know, first of all, relationships involve sex. So it is an important thing. Um, you know, and I say mostly involve sex because you can totally 
choose to have a relationship where you're not having sex with someone, but typically mm-hmm. you're having a physical relationship with someone as well as yeah. mental and emotional, all of that. So, and I guess even if you weren't having penetrative sex, you would yeah. still be somewhat physically intimate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when we say mm-hmm. sex, we're, t- I mean, I talk about it in terms of like anything sexual anything yeah heavy petting whatever (laughs) like I I just like feed that all into Mm -hmm. it Um, oh you know and we're gonna probably talk about Seinfeld a couple times in this episode because you know um, they have the entire episode on faking it and this actually brings to mind another Seinfeld episode where George and Elaine are talking and they're talking about when has sex taken place and you know i think one of the characters says penetration and then one of the characters says when the nipple makes its first appearance oh wow (laughs) so very drastic ideas of yeah what it means to have sex oh it's so interesting Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i think everyone's definition can be different you know and that is perfectly okay yeah I, i just happen to you uh lump it kind of in together i think for me i would consider sex to involve genitals but anyways okay that's also not why we're here but yeah i mean like yeah but they don't like have to meet you know no 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 yeah agree so anyway we'll get into it but (laughs) uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves right now so why talk about this on a breakup show yeah number one if you just went through a breakup, you have a blank slate where you can choose to be intentional and conscious in your love life and not continue patterns or ruts that you may have been in with yes. your ex. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a time to remind yourself or possibly learn for the first time that you matter, your pleasure matters. And Yay. honestly, anyone who disagrees with that and doesn't put that as important is not your person at the very mm-hmm. least. We yeah. could say worse things about them, but they're definitely not your person. <laughs> um, and the thing is too, you can change patterns and perspectives at any time, but when you're in a time of transition like this this is such a great time to just reevaluate everything and really yes. like reprioritize things completely and we know that a lot of people want to be in relationships and sex like we said is a big part of many relationships mm-hmm. <clears throat> if you're having a bad time in bed and you can't communicate that you should maybe consider trying communicate communicating your needs and wants and feeling like your partner cares and can listen to you and wants you to have a good time in bed is important because you know what relationships are a lot of work and this is the fun stuff yeah you know this is you know the sexy cool reasons why we you know partner exactly Mm -hmm. yeah practice your communication when it's on the fun things right and not just when you're having an (laughs) argument oh my god this is really such good advice if you can learn yeah to first talk about and communicate about the fun and sexy stuff that you want to do then yeah maybe you'll be able to take it outside the bedroom and have better arguments as well I think exactly. that's I think that's probably very true. Probably yeah. people who you know speak verbally about sex are able to speak verbally about um, disagreements that come up too. Yeah, because I mean, sex is kind of scary for most people to start talking about. I think it's mm-hmm. why you know we'll talk about later why it takes uh, years sometimes for people to get up the nerve to say I something know. about. I don't know why that is. I've always yeah. been into dirty talk. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I guess it's kind of something yeah. that I'm comfortable with. But I know that a lot. I know that a lot of people aren't for sure. I've spoken with many yeah. women about this, and even saying the words. There's something about just saying the words that is so difficult. This is actually one of the reasons I got into orgasmic meditation a few years back, is because mm-hmm. of communicating. You know, think uh, about things like um, stroke you know, speed and pressure and things like that, I felt would make me better at communicating overall. And yeah. And it also made me honest. And honesty is also a big part of relationships. And this will make you honest. And yeah. So and what is inside trust. the bedroom is out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so another reason we had to bring this up was because of the orgasm gap. So oh it is our civic duty to narrow the orgasm gap. <laughs> Um, orgasm gap or orgasm inequity is the name for the trend in which men experience more orgasms than women typically. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is around a 52% gap That's with crazy. 39% of women and 91% of men experiencing orgasm with partnered sex. So this is a big, this is a big difference. And, um, this varies too on whether you're in a committed relationship, um, women orgasm 63% of the time and men 85% of the time in a committed relationship. And that goes down when you're just hooking up or something like that. Um, which is a bummer because when you're just hooking up, you're like looking for some sexual, you know, relief. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, what's the word? Um, yeah. Excitement, relief. Yeah, yeah, you're you're looking for a good time. <laughs> exactly. And <laughs> apparently you're less likely to get it. Um Yeah, I guess I'm woman. not that surprised. I think you'd probably be more likely to either fake it or not be satisfied in something casual where you don't know the person as much. Yeah. yeah that yeah. makes sense to me. And the studies do back that up. So hmm. um yeah, so and why would this be? Well, number one, female orgasm is mostly about the clitoris, not necessarily penetration. Um, only three to 10% of women can orgasm reliably from penetration alone. And it has a lot to do with how close your clitoris is to your, you know, actual vagina. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'm also not a sex therapist, but (laughs) I'm not (laughs) That's one day, but but, you have sex. I mean, that makes you somewhat of an expert. Yes. it. You have a body, you have a clay, you have, I mean, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. And you know, I've listened to a lot of, um, podcasts about this. I've done a lot of my own research because yeah, you know, personal, like wanting to get better at it. Right. Um, yeah. yeah, We should always be striving to get better at sex. Yes. Yes. Or to enjoy it more. Yes. That's better. Yeah. (laughs) This is a never ending journey as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like the thing is, is we don't really even know a lot of these things unless you go looking for it. Like sex ed does not focus on pleasure. It doesn't focus on communicating in the bedroom. It's more about, you know, like stopping people from getting pregnant and stopping people from communicating diseases you know that's kind of what sex ed seemed to Uh be about at least for me yeah Um, well you know me I didn't really have any so yeah and so would they teach you 
would they teach you as far as you know um preventing disease and preventing pregnancy would they teach you about communicating about that with the person that you're going to have sex with or would it have been just about preventative measures and just doing them you know what I mean yeah um you know like I don't have perfect recall of Uh every because I think it was like um one semester or something in high school Uh um but I do remember it was like the focus was mostly on having condoms making sure you're using the condoms correctly yeah but Um, how is the woman meant to ask or how is one person meant to ask the other person to put it on and what if they don't want to like these we should be teaching kids about talking about this stuff and even just saying the words and role-playing yeah no like having kids partner up and say these things (laughs) i'm not kidding exactly that would be so healthy and effective one interesting thing that did happen at my high school is they they um they put a lot of the burden for knowing how to put a condom on, not just on men, but also on the women. So like, it wasn't like, oh, hey guys, here's how you put on a condom. It was like, hey girls, here's how you put a condom on a person uh, with a penis, you know? Um, And that was interesting because, you know, uh, that almost, you know, (laughs) i thought that was pretty progressive actually but like for a high school classroom Mm -hmm. of people you know practicing putting you know pinching the tip and whatever you know uh it's it's interesting um so i can i i well i guess i can't really imagine because that we didn't even talk we didn't have sex out of high school like not at all nothing yeah so you know i guess i went to a pretty progressive yeah, but you're in California, though. I was in Mormon, yeah, Utah, California, or Mormon, Arizona. Affluent <laughs> area. I had a lot of advantage. So yeah, that's that. cool. But still, I think that the missing part is that girls. Yeah. I mean, no one knows how to actually say these things. Yeah, and mm. no, it was never talked about like the female orgasming it was like here's a male Mm -hmm. orgasm here Mm -hmm. is like the stages of pregnancy and here's a (laughs) video of a birth (laughs) to just terrify everyone right right Um, (laughs) and not that you might want to do this just because you care about someone or just because you're horny like you don't know yeah (laughs) i actually hate that word so much horny it's not sexy it just it just feels awkward yeah Yeah, it's it's very aggressive it's an aggressive word but it's It's not sounds ugly too like i don't think that i would feel sexy if i if i said that to my i'm horny exactly (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of like hungry it's like hangry yeah i think hungry sounds sexier than horny but that's yeah, it does me, actually. People. <laughs> All right. We'll start rating words on how sexy it is. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> so there's other reasons why there's the orgasm gap. Um, one of which is that um women are judged more harshly for casual sex, and so you kind of have just it's like a more pressured situation if you're going into it as a mm-hmm. as a woman typically mm-hmm. um stuff it goes wrong it's kind of like you get a lot of societal blaming and pressure for quote asking for it blah mm-hmm. blah blah um and then also you know sex that doesn't focus on pleasure we talked about that we don't learn sexual communication and then also a lot of body image self-consciousness 
um, stops women from relaxing and enjoying it. Like it's hard to orgasm if you're sucking your stomach in the whole time. Right. And you don't also don't really know what's actually going to physically happen when you have an orgasm because it's a, yeah. And so if you're self-conscious, right. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, right. Yeah. yeah. Thanks society. I know. huh? You suck. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Another reason to talk about faking it and sexual satisfaction faction satisfaction on a show about breakups is like we said earlier there's uh probably a lot of single people listening so yeah learning about pleasure and what you love centrally is a great way to spend your single days so whether it's with someone else or just with yourself we want you to embrace this opportunity and then bring what you learn into your next relationship Mm -hmm. All right. So this is your time, people. This is the moment to learn how to have an orgasm, how to talk to someone about it, how to embrace it. And yeah, if that that might even mean just um, learning how you can give it to yourself. And I thought about this something as we were um, prepping for this episode is how many people fake it when they self-pleasure? It's like, no, (laughs) I wouldn't think so. (laughs) And so learn to just release when you're self-pleasuring and then, you know, you're not going to fake it. And then you'll maybe learn not to fake it with your partner as well. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I completely just came up with that. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. You're not like, oh, that was so good. Uh-huh. When you're alone. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could even potentially get tired if you're alone. You know, like, what would you do? What do you, like, what happens to good. get you to that point? Go to stop now. Yep. So just, just embrace it. Just go for it, people. And then, yeah. yeah, but only if you take it with you into your next relationship. All right. That's the yeah. rule here. Yeah, exactly. Don't abandon these things when, once you get with a partner. No. So. Yeah. And just a word here, you know, we're using men and women as terms for penis owners and vagina owners. Um, so just, just know we're, we're trying to be open with that. Oh, know that we're using those terms mm-hmm. loosely and also yeah. that men fake it too. It's not just women. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually one study showed that, um, 20% of 28% of men mm. admitted to faking it, which wow. I think mm. not every man who's faked it would probably own up to that <laughs> even on a survey. <laughs> Possibly not. You know? Uh, but just like, okay. I, I think I did it. Um, mm. Cool. So, <laughs> all right. So let's talk about, so we have 28% of men claiming that they've done it before. Mm-hmm. And how many women are doing it? All right. So we always try to find the most recent research possible. Mm-hmm. And we've got a 2019 study, which Claire found from the Archive of Sexual Behavior that included over a thousand women between the ages of, I love this, 18 and 94. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yes. Get it. <laughs> responded to a confidential internet-based survey. The women uh, in this survey were mostly heterosexual and they all lived in the United States. And I searched far and wide for stats on um, gay couples as well. And it was just a lot harder to find just so everyone knows. Um, So the results indicate that 58.8% of participants reported faking an orgasm at some point in time. Mm -hmm. Two thirds though said that um, they no longer did it. Yeah. So I would like to know, 
Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I would like to know stats on, you know, how often some women do it because yeah. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, doing it once, like I've done it once, you know, but I want to yeah. say that I'm a, I fake orgasms. Yeah. <laughs> so this, <laughs> this tells us a bit about prevalence. Yeah. A little bit about prevalence. So yeah, it didn't, um, it definitely didn't talk about how frequently that was doing. I guess we, we all know like kind of from people we've talked to or either our own experience, um, you know, that we all know that this is happening, you know? And, um, yeah. So, I guess there's not a lot of funding for these sort of <laughs> studies, um, which there's. Well, maybe we can start be. an X Files Foundation in a couple of years. Yeah, and, you exactly. Know, really get the juice. Yeah, because I, I was reading this morning. I forgot where I saw it, and I forgot the exact number, but it was like men have over 20 like different interventions for sexual dysfunction, which is basically not being able to have orgasms, and there are zero for women oh my god yeah um really zero zero yeah like there's no pills there's no but there's i forgot the name of it and i guess it's not as popular anymore but a few years back there was a cream like a lube for women that Uh was meant to be you know like mind-blowing um for achieving orgasm that would be considered an intervention right yeah, I'm I'm not sure what they were maybe defining not, as a like maybe it's not like FDA approved medical pro- yeah, yeah, equipment possibly. or whatever, uh-huh. you know, or not equipment, but you know, <laughs> like it's <laughs> over the counter. I don't know if they, you know, cuz a lot of these things are not reviewed by any right. sort of like governing body or anything, so they can kind of just slap a claim yeah. well, I on had a friends bottle. who used it and that's why I'm bringing it up and mm-hmm. you know what comes to mind though I really don't think I've seen it in a while so if anyone listening knows what I'm talk about, talking yeah. about um let us know if it's still around and just if if you know what I'm talking about because yeah be totally, <laughs> All totally. Right, <laughs> yeah so you know that's that's an idea like a lot of this is pretty murky um because I mean the topic of orgasms are is kind of murky because it is it feels different for everyone something different triggers it for everyone it's hard to kind of narrow in and to find something like that and I not as many women probably talk about it as we do you know I mean if you're having a hard time discussing this with your partner you might have a hard time chatting about it with a friend I mean I certainly yeah but I think maybe we might be slightly the minority I don't know and yeah. so that it, it's like just isn't information that's out there is what I'm trying yeah, to exactly. say because mm-hmm. you when you do talk about this stuff it's kind of like a joke sort of thing and it's <laughs> mm-hmm. kind of like a you know it's not like oh in my personal experience this mm-hmm. is what I have done it's more like like oh th- that was orgasmic you know and it's like <laughs> You're you're not talking about something that would actually give you an orgasm. You oh, know? I, so- I'm happy to talk about what actually gives me orgasms. It's right here in my drawer. <laughs> oh, hello. <All right. laughs> there are some common reasons that people do fake orgasms because yeah. we wouldn't do it if there wasn't some logic behind it. <laughs> so the most common reasons that women gave for having previously faked an orgasm were number one, they wanted their partner to feel successful. That's up. 7.1%. That's kind of sweet. Yeah. And so, you know, um, I, I mean, I'll go into this, but you'll see a lot of these are very like selfless reasons. Um, 
Yeah. Except for this one. Um, (laughs) (laughs) They wanted sex to end because they felt tired. um, 44.6%. And I wanted to just say, like, the the study said that they felt tired. But I want to put in boredom, fatigue, discomfort (laughs) time limitations Um, those could all be in that category Uh, yeah boredom i I mean mean, really (laughs) oh man if it's not good i agree but then you're actually bored and then you're gonna fake it this is sad people i want to open up a conversation about this yeah um and And i mean i do want to say i guess I mean, sex is a little tiring and I know it, like the very isolated and limited times that I've kind of, um, exaggerated what was going on <laughs> when I was with a partner who really was like, I'm going to make you come, you know, and like, yeah. oh, it's going to be all about oh you. Oh my God. That's and, the worst though. Uh, like worst and best because there, there is so this nice. pressure, you know, and, yeah. and I mean, it can't, I mean, eventually your body can kind of get worn out with some of the, what goes on. And so, yeah. <laughs> and you know, and so because I feel like there was all like this attention on me to do mm-hmm. this. Yeah. I felt bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, you know, saying that I'm like, you know, tired and it's run its course. Yeah. yeah. A little uncomfortable. I do get that. So, and then number three, they like their sexual partner, but they, and they didn't want them to feel yeah. bad about mm-hmm. not getting them off, which mm-hmm. really ties into what you were saying. And that's 37.7%. So, mm-hmm. um, I think a different study said that 87% reported using a faked orgasm to boost their partner's self-esteem. So, yeah. you know, it's very much like they're really considering the other person. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, we just a- need to reframe everything, including the expectations of the other person. You know, yeah. the fact that climax doesn't necessarily mean exactly. it was more successful than not. Yeah. And um, all that it's not necessarily a reflection on you also on either person really exactly because they um it changes Mm -hmm. like your ability to orgasm and how they feel changes with the stages of your cycle um based on how tired you are what you've yes your stress levels you know like so much of this is just like kind of random and not really controllable factors right yeah and I, I think that people just will enjoy it better if there is an, an end goal yeah I mean with the like one or two times that I was just referencing earlier I loved it all yeah like and then eventually I it just like I said ran its course and yeah. so it was frustrating to me because I felt like just, you know the the time together was you know really amazing and physically felt great and it's like I couldn't just kind of sink into it because there was this you know I'm gonna do this for you expectation mm, you know yeah. it was hard for me to be kind of present yeah exactly because <laughs> that's the thing you know is that sex feels good hopefully even if you're not having an orgasm like it doesn't have to be the end goal every time and have all this pressure associated with it um so I guess that brings us to reasons for no longer faking yeah I really liked this so um as we said a huge percentage of the women reported that they no longer do this 
and some of the reasons that they gave were feeling more comfortable now with sex, whether or not an orgasm occurred. Yay. Yeah. Uh, This was 46.6% of respondents. Yeah. I like that. It's like progress. progress. They're just like, sex is good. They're just in Mm -hmm. general. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Which is is true. Um, 35.3% said that they had felt more confident with themselves as a woman. Mm. Also good. So good. Where's the other 70% though? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Another reason (laughs) feeling like their partner accepts them and is happy with them, even if they don't have an orgasm. (gasps) Imagine that. Boom. 30, yeah. <laughs> 34%. Yeah, there is some education like on your partner's part, you know, to get to this point where they like, you know, don't see it as something they need to be like pushing mm-hmm. for, um, you know, or feel like they're not doing good as a partner if they don't like achieve yeah. it every time mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. stuff. But, you know, like feeling accepted by your partner and happy with them those are really specific verbiage Mm, that just like kind of makes me a little bit sad that like Mm. you know seven uh like 60 uh what is it 66 percent of people surveyed Mm. didn't feel like their partner accepted them and didn't feel like their partner was happy Mm -hmm. with them like that's really sad um (laughs) i think what it's also saying is that um uh, that they feel like their partner is going to be disappointed in them if they yeah. don't climax. Yeah. Yeah. Which is mm-hmm. like, whoa. That's. Oh, I agree. That's I think so. In this particular case, I mean, I think we're talking about um, heterosexual relationships, mm-hmm. and I just think that boys are being brought up watching porn and thinking that this yeah. is something to brag about. And. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah exactly. We need to really. <laughs> reframe things i think society's going in the right direction as far as you know talking to boys about about these things but i think that that's a big part of it yeah yeah and um mm-hmm. you know look into ethical porn if you're yeah oh another episode like yeah oh, and if anyone out there is um involved in ethical porn we'd love to interview you. yeah we'd love to that interview would really, you yeah, that would be cool <laughs> all right yeah. so you want to improve this so where do you start and like many things on this show it comes down to a bit of communication communication so and yeah. we know that this is difficult for some people I mean I would consider myself to be maybe a, like a uh, like more comfortable than some people yeah. and still I, I struggle yeah same here same Mm -hmm. here and it you know like I do struggle with like bringing things up yeah yeah that's yeah that's you know it Mm -hmm. it it is hard and I literally talk about this stuff for you know my job you know (laughs) (laughs) and still like bringing stuff up with my partner I get that like like (laughs) and I mean it is a bit awkward you know regardless of the discomfort uncomfortable situation being like sweetie you know and then like get launching into it it can Mm -hmm. it can be awkward yeah but there there are there are ways to do it where um you're maximizing the chance that will be received in the way that you intend um and not be like you know anyone feeling bad about things um so all right um communication 
I mean, we're beating a dead horse here, but like, I, know. Let's, let's, <laughs> I don't know why let's we're break it down, <laughs> let's okay? Get into it. <laughs> because if you can tell your partner how and where you want to be touched and they're receptive to hearing it and mm-hmm. curiously asking questions, then we have a better chance of experiencing sexual pleasure. In contrast, if we don't feel comfortable talking about sex or have a partner, that doesn't let us feel heard or doesn't want to listen like that's I mean first of all that's a turnoff and like we're less likely to have them just like randomly stumble upon the thing that does it for us you know know. I agree yeah because every every woman is different so you can like have a new partner who does have skills in bed but they were developed (laughs) with other partners who are gonna Mm -hmm. just be different like Mm -hmm. so you have to dial it in there's a Mm -hmm. there's a dialing dialing in (laughs) process dialing Uh, in of the dial of the dick thinking of the (laughs) oh no I was thinking of my clip as the dial oh (laughs) that's better that's much better the dick doesn't dialing in (laughs) Um, dialing in the dick (laughs) yeah they're they're fairly they're they don't vary as much i feel like from person to person Mm -hmm. potentially well Um, they they work similarly they're similar you know like yeah um okay so no hate mail please (laughs) no hate mail (laughs) all right so debbie um herbernick and her colleagues at indiana university 2019 very good job claire with the research um she is quoted as saying women are on average in their mid-20s before they feel comfortable and confident sharing how they would like to be touched or have sex as well as before they feel like their sexual pleasure has been valued by a partner so interesting yeah i would imagine that some of this does come down to the fact that i mean very few males growing up do not masturbate and I think many women or many girls growing up don't. Don't, I never did until I was in my 20s. Yeah. I I don't know. Uh, I was also Mormon, but Mormon boys (laughs) masturbate. I don't think Mormon girls do. Um, And so that might be why is because we're really learning about what we like down there for for the first time. Yeah. You know, late. Exactly. And And you start to Mm -hmm. like also, you know, uh, figure out that, um, in general, when you're a heterosexual woman, like mm-hmm. hooking up or, you know, whatever yeah. you want to term it with uh, heterosexual men, they're typically just stoked to be there. And uh, you don't really yeah. get that mm-hmm. until you're like older. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. when you're younger, you're just like, oh my God, someone's into me. Like, this is mm-hmm. amazing. I need to like mm-hmm. make sure yeah. that they're having a good time. Yeah. And I think as you get more experience, you realize that like they're having a great time. Like, oh yeah, they are. No yeah. matter what, they're pretty much having a great time. Oh, <laughs> <No> and <laughs> and you can't be like, they're they're I mean, my experience has been is that when you do speak up, they are very happy that you did and really want to help. This is true, um, women. Yeah. Yes. I mean, if you can learn to talk dirty and say what you want, <laughs> it's, yeah, not going to be wasted time. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. when we're younger, too, going back to the sex ed thing, it is a lot about managing male ejaculation. Mm-hmm. And so that is kind of what we're taught that it's centered around. Yeah. And so it's just, it's not even, you know, the female climax isn't even really in the context of yeah. you know, how we're yeah, raised to exactly. think about sex. Yeah. Cause it's not, I mean, it's not necessarily 
necessary for reproduction like could you imagine if babies were only made if women had to <laughs> orgasm as well like Woo-hoo! the world would be different <laughs> it'd be so different but um anyways uh also one in five women in that study still did not feel comfortable and confident discussing their sexual preferences and one in 10 had yet to feel that their sexual pleasure mattered to a partner and that's just really really sad um and i i i hope that um the act of attempting to communicate your needs wants and desires as whitney talked about (laughs) um I think, you know, that can be a great way to figure out if your partner truly does care about your pleasure. And if they don't get out now, they shouldn't be in your bed. (laughs) Like, so, you know, Um, that can be a great way to figure out, oh, you don't really care. And I'm going to look for someone who does. So great. So uh, maybe we can go on to some of the tips now. Yeah, totally. Okay. So we, this is all about us encouraging people to be better. And we have some really, we have a really great article about communication in the bedroom that I will, uh, what do we say? Link in the show notes. Cool. And we've pulled out some major points. Yeah. want to start? Yeah. And these are from Lori Mintz. Oh, I you. think I'm pronouncing that correctly. She's yes. PhD and this was written in psychology today. So, um, the first thing is to stop expecting mind reading. Oh you my do God. have to speak up. I can't believe how many yeah. people think that they shouldn't have to tell their partner, you know, their partner should just know that's yeah. so immature people. Yeah. And, and I mean, I get it's it. so, like bound to fail. Yeah. <laughs> as well. And it's, you know, there's probably so many reasons for this, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, if they're like meant for me, they should figure it out and they should mm-hmm. just like run through the options or like if we're soulmates, you know, we should just click naturally, you know, and it's just like none of those things are real we're I, know, I reckon if they're people. meant to if they're meant for you then they should listen to you and you should be able yeah. to figure out how to speak to them about it exactly because everyone's be- coming in with different experience and mm-hmm. you know you can you can make this sexy you know I know sometimes yes. it's like kind of a turn off like oh I want you to buy me flowers just because you want to buy me flowers not because mm-hmm. I told you to buy me flowers you know so I get uh, it yeah, but yeah. like th- this stuff is important you don't want to just mm-hmm. leave it to chance no no it's about communicating also the other person being receptive to it as well mm-hmm. all right so when you are ready to bring this stuff up start your sentences with the word I explain your needs and wants with I statements such as I'm gonna put on my sexy voice oh. I th- I think it would help me get turned on if you that 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 rather that. than you don't know how to turn me on you don't know how to turn me on <laughs> or perhaps oh. you you could say oh could you do this you, you yeah. know starting it out with that rather than saying I'd love it if you did this yeah yeah always um yeah always always speak about yourself um instead of like you know blaming or you know yeah uh beating around the bush even trying to suggest (sighs) it rather than just say it it's also a nonviolent communication concept as well 
Yeah. And also, you know, try to line these things up with like, if they did do something you did like, Mm -hmm. you know, focus on positively reinforcing the things you did like instead of negatively reinforcing. I'd love it if you do more of this. Yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, that was so good when you did this. That just Mm -hmm. drove me crazy. Yes. Um (laughs) Let's be talking about sex all the time. So this tip from the article says, talk about sex at the kitchen table. I don't know if I would do that, but I think the point of the of this point is that you like normalize bringing it up in conversation yeah. in mm-hmm. a setting that is outside the bed- bedroom yes. and kind of cash like for yeah, some people exactly table. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, like keeping the actual sex in the conversation kind of separate. Yeah. So you're not just like oh phew Mm. we just finished by the way you could really improve here and I like this thing that you did but I didn't really like this thing it's like that's a little jarring so you want to like kind (laughs) of like yeah no one's in the mood for that at that point yeah yeah I think a good way to go about this that would also be really sexy is say oh I really liked what you did last night I'd like to try this or I can't wait till next Mm -hmm. time I'd love it if you did this Yeah. yeah very good Yes. Um, also give verbal and nonverbal instructions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you can, you can help, uh, your partner kind of narrow in on what's working by, you know, the noises you're making and like what you're <laughs> so doing with your body. Authentic, if they're authentic, authentic. People. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, just like, I think some people like worry about what they're going to sound like. And so they're really trying to stay quiet. Um, oh, no. you know, so yeah, if if that's you, you know, you can you don't have to go from silent to screaming, you know, you can kind of like do what I mean, let out what how comes. it feels. Yeah, if exactly. You're actually in the moment and actually have and present and have released into the sexual experience, if sounds and words and utterances and craziness is gonna come out mm-hmm. that you know that you won't be able to predict, which is yeah. another one, same with uh, you know, giving the instructions also compliment in the same way just kind of let it come say the words moan let it come natural Mm -hmm. yeah and um I mean we kind of talked about this but you know review the experience um with with some distance like we said but um you know having that like oh last night like that was really cool when we did Mm. that thing and you know uh just like and, and you may have to lead by example, you know, like this, if, if you're just, you know, heterosexual example again, uh-huh. um, but you know, this might be the first time that this guy has had a girl review the experience, you know, yeah. and talk about it after the fact, you know? Um, and so well, if, you if might you lead- just blow his mind. Yeah, exactly. I can't imagine that they, they would have a problem with no. that. So if it's uncomfortable, I was just going to mention that you could do, you could review the experience as part of foreplay next time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. that's a great idea. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So another thing I'd like to address is that, mm-hmm. you know, um, we don't want to assume that you have had an orgasm before or, you know, I know um, it's just really hard to know. Um, some some research says it's not possible for everyone, um, you know, and yeah. so I don't want to be like, oh, keep trying. It has to be there, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and putting that pressure on yeah, well, you still might happen. enjoy sex and intimacy if there's not the same type of climate yeah. that other people have. 
Exactly. And there's also different types of orgasms that also invoke different types of responses from the body. And that's another thing that I, I know that I've like pretended like I was having one type of orgasm when I was really having another because of the expectation that, you know, you're going to, you know, have the the same response and to just, yeah, keep that in mind. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, just like speaking from personal experience here, Yeah, tell um, us girl. Yeah. I, I went, you know, 26 years thinking it was not possible for me. Um, yeah. So, and I thought, you know, there was something wrong with me, you know, I'd Google what orgasms felt like, because I was like, maybe I have, because yeah, you know, sex yeah. is good. I've heard that a lot of women think you know? that it's just kind of overblown and that yeah. it's just maybe not as good as it's as yeah. they hear because that doesn't really happen to them. And the truth is, what it's you, you would it. know. You would know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, because I did figure it out. And you know, oh, it, I, I was just I was lucky to have a partner who did have more experience like playing with toys and things like that, that I had never experimented with. And that, you know, that expanded my horizons and really sorted things out for me. And, you know, he was very much like, oh, you haven't? Okay. Like, he's like, well, you know, maybe try these things, but just go like, do it by yourself, figure, you know, see, see what you come up with and then let me know, you know, it wasn't like pressure. He wasn't like, I'm going to make you do one. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah, that was pretty much what happened to me, to be honest. (laughs) And you're like, oh my God, caveman. Um, (laughs) That's very Bridgerton. Yeah. Yeah. It was very, oh my God. It was totally a Bridgerton moment. It was, it was like basically exactly that conversation. (gasps) If they had sex toys at that time oh my um, god yeah so anyway um my favorite part of Bridgerton too I mean seriously that part where the duke is is telling her yeah that's my point that's that's the oh boy I think that was the best part (laughs) (laughs) right anyway just know things can change for you and you know there's no pressure but feel free to try different things and know that it's not just having a penis inside you that should be doing it definitely in fact yeah. try it without distress i mean i'm putting pressure on you to try it without all right so how else can you okay get started with self-pleasure i yeah. were huge advocates for it uh we want to hear about it i'd even say so yeah. first of all you have to do it first you know you've got to like whenever yeah. you feel like it you really do need to experiment and obviously do what feels yeah. good for you and yeah. then just Anything and then do it goes. a little bit more. Just learn and learn and learn. Yeah. And just yeah. know if you're thinking about it, someone's probably tried it before. Um, so- I never thought about <laughs> looking up. Okay. Okay. Interesting. You know, All right. So, but you're probably right. So, yeah. yeah. You know, like we're not going to give you like, oh, do this motion on this part. You know, like you not can in do this your own episode. Research. Maybe we can. Not in this episode. We'll have like an expert <laughs> on or something. Um, on We've you know, got clits. Okay. Yeah. I, know, I know. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> it's just you know I don't want to um you know make someone feel like something should be working for them just because it worked for me you know um and Fair I think enough. uh like an actual sex sex educator um or sexologist will mm-hmm. be Ooh. better able to like have like a range wider of range things. of yeah. answers yeah yeah exactly. you're definitely right <laughs> yeah so see what feels good for you 
Mm-hmm. Um, and Claire um, has told us about an app that's already come up on this show a couple times. Um, so what is it called? Dipsy. Dipsy. Yes. So, and then there's another one. Um, audio. Uh, we'll link them in the show notes because there's okay. another one that's kind of gaining ground. Anyways, yeah. this is guided self-play. It's female-friendly porn, audio yeah. porn. Audio porn, And yeah. it's, um, yeah, kind of the, the hot thing right now. And, you know, oh. get your free trial and try it out and see what you exactly. think. If it's not for you, do something else. Yeah, because they have, like, things that are, like, story-based. But I think what can be so helpful that Dipsy has is they literally have, you know, a sexy voice kind of be like, so go cool. and touch yourself down here. <gasps> do it, like like gentle pressure oh my God. like and, and they, they really the like break it down for you i don't know if they have oh my god they, they should have an impersonator bucks. do it you know they, they like, that would, would make so a good. million bucks over yeah night if they had this voice doing guided so good god. so okay. good and <laughs> you want to listen to a sexy podcast yeah sex with emily yes is a really great you. resource she's oh. amazing and she really makes things accessible she has a doctorate in Mm -hmm. sex study or something like that (laughs) master class right now i forgot the name of the website where all the famous people are doing their master classes but she has one and i'm serious i'm thinking about doing it oh my god but you know start with her podcast she does yeah does make it super accessible normalizes everything that yeah exactly so anything you're interested in trying or hearing about she's probably covered it in like a non-aggressive scary way um which is nice i love her (laughs) show so much i've been Ah. seeing her for years all right so we want you to be self-confident we want you to love yourself and i just wanted to point out that all the things that we talk about on other episodes that aren't necessarily about sex but um you know self-care self-love that will all eventually feed feed into this if you mm-hmm. let it yeah it all it's all linked so yeah, yeah and we want you to have confidence. happy sex lives joyful sex lives sexy sex lives with or without a partner i want to keep yeah you at home. <laughs> awesome all right so now that we've talked about orgasms and how to have them and how to enjoy yourself without them. We have another edition of Breakup Ballads, Toxic or Empowering. And it was Claire's pick this week. So what do you have for us? Well, I had to um, bring in some Taylor Swift because I've been (laughs) holding myself back this entire time. Um, uh, Well, I mean, I think we did one other Taylor Swift. So, Oh, it's perfectly all right. She's got a lot. She's got some good ones. Yeah. From Fearless Taylor's version um, is Mr. Perfectly Fine by Taylor Swift. Very cool. This is a really great breakup song. So let's get into it. So the lyrics. Mr. Perfect Face, Mr. Here to Stay, Mr. Looked Me in the Eye and Told Me You Would Never Go Away, Everything Was Right, Mr. I've Been Waiting for You All My Life, Mr. Every Single Day Until the End I Will Be By Your Side. 
Ooh. <laughs> Any comments yet? Or shall yeah, I, I definitely have some comments. Um, basically, you know, I think what the song is so great at is it addresses like a lot of the complaints that people have when they get broken up with, especially when it's like out of the blue and they didn't yeah. see it coming. Uh-huh. And one of the things we get told a lot and asked about is like, well, he said we were going to get married. He said it was forever. He said he never felt this way before, blah, blah, blah. You know, like he looked me in the eye and told me he was never going to go away. I'll be your se- by your side. Mm-hmm. You know, like these promises that we utter in relationships mm-hmm. that do end up getting broken a lot of the time. And we talked about this with Brett on love fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, being like, yeah, you can mean something in the moment. Yeah. And change your mind. Like, it it's sucks. It's just called being a human being. But, yeah. And yeah, yeah, it does suck. <laughs> and that's what it is. Um, and that's what the next verse says. But yeah. that was when I got to know Mr. Quote, change of heart. Mr. Leaves me all alone. I fall apart. It takes everything in me just to get up each day. But it's wonderful to see that you're okay. Yeah. Woo wee. What I like about this is that it's incredibly real. So yeah. I enjoy that, you know, someone who's as looked up to as Taylor Swift can, you know, actually talk about um you know the fact that she struggles to get out of bed and that yeah she's looking at her ex like really resenting that he's okay or that he appears to be okay and she appears to be okay yeah Yeah. and that's i think that's our major point we always drive home is that like looks can be deceiving and you don't know when people are processing things um and you know you shouldn't because yeah talking to them exactly (laughs) um because you know whether uh, you know, like there's the trope of men delaying their processing and kind of realizing too late that something will really good is gone, yeah. you know, and not really thinking about it until then. Um, but like that honestly doesn't matter. You know, they made the choice to not be with you. And, you know, whether they're okay or not with that choice is none of your business anymore. No. And I'm wondering if Taylor Swift in this song was mm-hmm. stalking her ex's social media because she's very um <laughs> you know she's well, very distracted I, he with- was quite famous as well so oh my. All right. um, i think it was kind of hard and you know there's also like yeah i don't think i mean it's possible that she was stalking his social media but um when you're going on talk shows and getting asked about oh how, gotcha you know like oh it looks like your ex has a new girlfriend <laughs> and it's like fuck oh, you first of all but thanks That's for horrible. bringing it up yeah you know Maybe i don't think stupid. famous people necessarily have an easy way of getting away from seeing no. or hearing about their ex you know i agree all right. Hello, Mr. Perfectly Fine. How's your heart after breaking mine? Mr. Always at the right place at the right time. Baby. Hello, Mr. Casually cool, Cruel. Mr. Everything revolves around you. I've been Mrs. Ms. Misery since your goodbye. And now you're perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Something that occurred to me is that this is kind of a more poppy positive version of you ought to know. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's oh saying kind God. of the same thing, exactly. you know, like yeah. you don't even know what you're putting me through. You know, you yeah. said you'd be forever. Yeah. You, know, you don't even know I'm still carrying this cross for you. You're going off. You're with this other girl. Yeah. And but it's a little happier. It's <laughs> a little happier. A little. <laughs> just to, to, to listen to. I mean, she's not going into her revenge fantasy in this song. Yeah. She's just kind of saying this exactly. is what my experience is. Yeah. And, you know, um, another thing that is common that this song reflects is that feeling like you need to know what you're putting me through. Like you need to see the consequences yeah. of your actions. Yeah. Um, We've heard and, that a few you know, times from yeah, some listeners. Yeah, definitely heard that. Like he needs to understand what he did, you know? Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. ah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. why? And what you're going to get out of it? Oh, <laughs> yeah, boy. exactly. It doesn't really help. Um, yeah. All right. So Mr. Never Told Me Why. Mr. Never Had to See Me Cry. Mm. What I was just saying about how, you know, um, you want someone to have seen you cry. You want someone to see how much devastation they're putting you through. And then Mm -hmm. Mr. Never Told Me Why asking for closure Closure. from your ex. Like, (laughs) why would you break up with me? It was like, because he didn't want to be with you. I don't know why, but that's what (laughs) the reason was. Like, (laughs) He didn't want to be with you, yeah. Yeah, like, it doesn't have to be that you're not good enough or anything like that. They just decided they wanted to not be with you. Yeah. Sucks, Hmm. but, like, it's really that So is it going to make you, what does she want him to say what's wrong with her? So is that, so she Yeah, I mean, that's the confusing (laughs) thing about, like, I know, we talk about it. You know, Uh, like, uh we we try to work this out a lot. It's like, what do you want to hear? Like, that (laughs) that you chew Mm -hmm. with your mouth open and that's Mm -hmm. worth, Mm -hmm. like, ruining Mm -hmm. the whole relationship? Like, I don't know. Um, (laughs) And how do you think that you're actually going to feel, too, once this person tells you what he sees as your fault yeah oh yay oh my god I feel so much better I feel so much better (laughs) I'm probably not it was like no um okay so Mr. Insincere Apology so he doesn't look like the bad guy and this is another reason why you can't ask someone why they broke up with you because you might not honestly probably won't get the real reason nope no guarantee Um, it yeah because people want to protect their self-image and and whether they know that they're doing that or it's totally subconscious the effect is still the same um yeah so uh da 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 i thought you were different than the rest i guess you're all the same yeah um because i hear he's got his arm around a brand new girl i've been picking up my heart he's been picking up her and I never got past what you put me through, but it's wonderful to see that it never phased you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, it's real in the sense that the, it really hurts when your ex is with someone new and yeah. just feeling like you never mattered. And I, what I like about this song is it is very realistic. I think yeah. a lot of people could relate to it. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why I chose it because it really hit on a, probably the top three things that bother people about breakups. Yeah, you're right and bother mm-hmm. being like devastate people about breakups <laughs> you know it's like right, oh he's moved on is, so fast like did i even matter and then it didn't you even know, phase you yeah he doesn't understand what he did or how much damage he's mm-hmm. caused me mm-hmm. um he mm-hmm. never told me why 
all of those things. I mean, also you'd have to think that this person's pretty, you know, detached from having a heart, you know, cause she says you weren't even phased. You just went from, you know, person to person. Yeah. There's probably a lot more going on with this guy than, than that. Yeah. But- Might've dodged a bullet. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Claire, but okay. Re- with all that said, mm-hmm. do you think that Mr perfectly fine is toxic or empowering i believe sorry i just had a pop-up i believe hmm i think i'm gonna go for empowering because you're saying all the things and you know like Yes, we try to reassure people and be like, hey, these frustrations that you have, all these questions, the things we've gone over, like, you you can't really think that way. You don't, like, you should, um, thinking that way isn't going to free you, but you have to be honest with yeah. what you're feeling. And this I see kind of as having that, that journal session mm-hmm. where you're like, yeah. he's a uh, beep, 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 beep. Like, I hate him. He destroyed my life. But, and then afterwards, you feel so much better. <laughs> yeah. So, I completely agree with you on all of what you said. And I would rank it toxic because the resolution of the song never gets to that point at yeah. all. It's all dwelling on this idea that she has about not getting closure and and him not caring and that it doesn't Mm -hmm. really come, you know, full circle to how she's going to look forward in in any positive way. So for me, I like it, but as far as a breakup ballad goes, I think it sends a toxic message. Okay. Oh, we disagreed for the first time. (laughs) Yay. Yeah. So what what do you guys think? Do you think that this song is toxic or empowering? Yeah, and let guys, us what know. What do you think of our take on it? Yes, let us know. Either you know, send us a message on Instagram yep. or join our Facebook group and be like, "Hey, I thought that Taylor <laughs> Swift was Mr. totally Swift. empowering <laughs> uh, <laughs> or totally toxic." <laughs> so yeah, let us know. Let us know what your argument was for that, and just you know, being uh, reflective about these sort of things can help you learn about yourself and your own toxic or empowering patterns. So yeah, okay. um, but. Meanwhile, if you love this episode, definitely leave us a review. If you didn't love it, you could skip the review. Um, but <laughs> the reviews a, a do really help <laughs> us um, reach more people who would be interested in this sort of thing. And if you love it, then someone else will. So go ahead, send send a review on Apple podcasts. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's right. And yeah, we would absolutely love it and we'd be thankful and we're thankful that you tuned in today. And we're thankful and impressed with the um commitment that you have to your healing journey. Yeah. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. If you like this episode, Tag us on your Instagram story so we can connect with you. And you can find me, Claire, on Instagram at Claire Lofthouse. And me, Janice, on Instagram at Janice Formicella. If you'd like to join our online community, find us on Facebook at Breakups, Broken Hearts, and Moving On. And here's a preview of our next episode. 
A lot of learning to love, spending time alone, comes down to mindfulness, all right? I know that this might be annoying to people <laughs> because you might hear it a lot in this space. And that also, I think, you know, we can throw the term around a lot without actually knowing or explaining what it means. But eventually, you're going to need to make a decision to stop thinking about your ex and to kind of dealing with this. It's really hard to do. And it's also a choice and it can be a lot of work. All right, I know that. If you can't get your ex out of your head, you will probably benefit from learning about mindfulness and how to redirect your thoughts. And it might just be the secret to your success.